good morning. It's the morning, I think. I don't know because it's still cloudy and I don't understand. We're in the middle of June, damn near tail end of June, and it's still gloomy and dark. I don't know if it's morning. I don't know if it's night. I don't know if it's sometime in the afternoon. It's just the same. The same California. But anyways, welcome to a brand new episode of What's the Biz with Liz. My name is Liz and I'm here to give you the biz. And tonight's, well, today's episode is going to be not the biz. And it's going to be the flaws in the justice system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to go into a little story time. So, you know, get some snacks and get, like, comfy in your chair or whatever, wherever you guys are at listening to me go on and on. But we are going to be talking about the flaws in the justice system because your girl had to get a restraining order. Yes. I had to get an actual, factual, legal document that tells a person they could no longer harass me and has to stay away from me. And um, as someone who's had two and a half active stalkers in her life, I know, right? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's wrong with me. I seem to attract a certain type of persons (laughs) in my orbit. But yes, I've had two and a half active stalkers. Two full-on actual stalking people. One was an ex who insisted what he was doing was not stalking, but was the definition of stalking. I was on the phone with him, and I was, like, telling him about stuff I picked up. I was like, oh, I got some paper towels or stuff the other day. And he was like, oh, yeah, I saw you. And I was like, hmm, what? He's like, yeah, I saw you carry them in. And I was like, what? I'm like, "So, so you're stalking me at this point? And he was like... No, that's not what I was doing. That's not stalking. And I'm like, that is the literal definition of stalking. Um, When you're someplace watching someone and they don't know that you're there, they're not aware of your presence and you were not invited. I think that is the definition of stalking. I don't know. I'm not Webster's Dictionary or the other one, which is Miriam. Is it Miriam? one of those i'm not a dictionary but i feel like that's that's stalking and before this moment i could just tell these people one thing and it's my brother's a sheriff's deputy my sister-in-law is a sheriff's deputy like you don't want that smoke like you don't (laughs) you don't want to mess with a household that has a bunch of sheriff's deputies like it's just not a smart move and so after i say that i'm usually okay they leave me alone um the other person was a high school guy much older he stalked me that was that's a whole different case um and then and half someone who i used to know kind of stalked me it's it's been it's been a lot of those like little little no need to get paperwork involved no need to go through the courts none of that until this moment until this very moment so i am going to talk about it and i'm going to talk about just 
the anxiety, the stress, and everything that goes like on to and what happens to a person dealing with this and it has it has been the most stressful couple of months of my life and um i guess i'm going to start at the beginning uh the beginning is we got someone told a, a resident of ours told us another resident was harassing her and bullying her and if you guys know anything about apartment complexes or whatever you know we have house rules you have to abide by the house rules. One of the house rules clearly states there will be no harassing, no bullying, none of that. Because of this, we were required to send like a lease violation. You send you send the resident in paper, "Hey, we got a report you did X, Y, and Z, and because you did X, Y, and Z, you're getting a violation. If you want to further discuss, you can come talk to us in the office." Usually, people come down and talk, explain their side of the situation, and then that's it. That's that. Nice and tidy. You know, we did give you a warning. Please don't let it happen again. And that's as far as it goes. Nay, nay. This one, this one did not. So, this person became visibly upset at receiving that. And started to yell and cuss at us and cuss at my coworker in particular. And let's just call her Leslie. My coworker's name is Leslie. So she started cussing at Leslie and I'm letting Leslie handle this because this is her department. She's doing all the social work. She's the one who talks to the residents. And that's that's what she usually does. That's her cup of tea. She's trying to calm this person down. It is not working. And then at this point, this person takes a step towards us. I'm standing next to Leslie. She takes a step towards us. And this is when I get defensive. Now, Leslie is an itty-bitty thing. She is the sweetest, kindest, purest, innocent little thing. Has never done anything wrong ever. Is a person that follows the book, is by the book. Me, not so much. I see the book. I don't follow the book. I've read the book. I don't follow the book. So I skirt that line. And this person took a step. So I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Not on my watch. So I stepped in between them. And I was like, she will talk to you later. And I started to raise my voice. And she was like, don't you get involved. And I was like, oh, I'm involved. I'm involved now. I'm like, you took a step toward my coworker. I am now involved. Again, it could have been left at that. And we could have discussed it. And it would have been wrapped up, neat, tidy little bow. That did not happen. She proceeds to go and say some of the most horrific things to my manager, my direct supervisor. And that's where... She crosses the line. And at this point, we have to start the eviction process because you have you have not only violated the lease and the house rules, but now you are being verbally abusive to staff. We are we are in property management. We are not liked. We do not have an easy job. We hear residents' complaints 
all day. That is the nature of our job. We are on the front lines, we are on site, and we take all of the negative stuff. Everything that's happening or wrong in the building, that's what we hear on a day-to-day. And because of that, we, we are supposed to have a business relationship with these tenants, with these residents. A business relationship is you treat me with respect, I will treat you with respect, and it ends there. The moment you become disrespectful, the second that you cross the line, cross boundaries, we do not have to we do not have to, we do not have to interact with you. We do not have to speak to you. We do not have to do any of that sort. It is a business relationship. You have severed the business relationship. So she severed the business relationship by saying what she did, what she said. And then this is when it started to become harassment so after she got that after she got the first notice and then we sent her a second one basically saying you need to stop or you're going to get evicted she got more and like progressively more angry like angrier and she started waiting for us to come in We come in at a certain time, which is earlier than the office hours. She started waiting for us. And then she starts to cuss, say obscene things, um, do obscene gestures, um, call us every single name in the book. And because we are professional, we cannot call her her any of these names back, right? And this went on every single workday. Every single workday, multiple times a day, she would blow smoke into our offices, cuss at us, flick us off. Every single day. It got so bad that we just wanted to avoid her. So we would check the cameras before we would go to the bathroom. Now, this is when something, that's when we know that something is wrong. When you are... When you are trying to see where a person is at so you can, you know, tiptoe around them. I'm like, this is where we work. We have to be able to move freely and we cannot move freely because we are being harassed and tormented. This is weeks of this. The straw that broke the camel's back. I was with another resident signing at the front desk. She comes and she proceeds to stand right behind me, not even two inches. Now, if you don't know me, you don't know this, but now you guys are going to know. I don't like it when people are in my space. I don't like it when people are in my bubble. I don't like it when people are too close. Like, back up. If I could feel your breath on me, you're too close. If I could smell your perfume, your cologne, your hairspray, like your hair gel, you are too close. I don't need anyone to be that close to me, ever. She was two inches behind me. I, thinking I can de-escalate the situation, because I'm like, it was weeks of this, I was just tired, looked at her and asked her, are you okay? She again goes off. She walks away, I'm trying to ignore it. She says something along the lines of, I don't know. And I just remember saying, that's enough. 
because I've had it. I had reached my breaking point. I, I just screamed across the way. She was already a little bit be, like far away from me heading towards the elevators. I screamed, that's enough. And she said, you don't talk to me like a child. I am a grown ass woman. And I was like, well, you're acting like a child. So I will speak to you accordingly. Because when someone acts like a child, I'm going to treat you like a child. You're going to huff and puff and do all of these things. So I'm like, what's up? What's good? So, um, she says some other things. And at this point, my fight or flight has been activated because she was standing in close proximity. So I'm ready to fight at this point. I'm all, all systems are go. Let's go. Fight or flight is a involuntary response that your body is a physiological response. Your body has to a potential threat. It sends signals to your brains and to everything in your body to say, like, we're either going to run from this situation or we're going to fight head on. I did not have an option to run. So here I am ready to fight. My fists are balled up and I, she says one, one thing. I don't even remember what she says. And I run up on her. I run up on her real quick to the point where my coworker stands up off of his seat because he doesn't know what I'm about to do. I run up on her real quick. Like, I black out. There are other people in the lobby. There is a new employee standing by the elevator. I didn't even know he was there. I ran up on her. And she said she got scared and she said something along the lines of, don't you come near me or something like that and that's when i snapped back to reality and i realized if i hit this person if i if i hit this person i am going to jail i am going to lose my job i am going to jail so i stopped myself thank god i did and i am a very peaceful kind of go with the flow i'm a normally i'm at like peaceful vibes and everyone's energy and protect your energy i'm that kind of girl i'm a hippie dippy type of girl and i'm not very rah-rah like i'm not very confrontational i'm like if we can just let shit go i'm i'm for that if we can talk it out i'm i'm an advocate for that but there is a certain point where I get pushed, where I'm like, all right, let's go. You want to fight? Fine, let's fight. I could fight. And that's where I got. And I hate that another person was able to pull that out of me because that was like, that was constantly high school Liz. So high school Liz was always like, I'm a fight, I'm a fight, I'm a fight. She looked at me, what? I was always that girl because I it's just the environment that I was in that I was always like on constant alert and my body was always in between that fight or flight and I hated that I hate that I hate being in that space I hate when my body does that and I hate everything that happens to your body after that it's exhausting to be in a constant state like state of awareness and like you're gonna have to watch your back and like I'm I'm not I'm not that kind of person. It's exhausting. But I was pushed to that point. At this point, she did stuff 
to provoke me and she got the response that she was looking for. We decided to file a restraining order because it was weeks of harassment, weeks of her, like, her just nonstop, weeks of, like, stalking, weeks of this shit, weeks of verbal abuse. And so we're like, okay, that's enough. We're going to file a restraining order. Now, this is where I say that there are flaws in the justice system. So mine would be considered a civil harassment. It's not a domestic violence. It's not a domestic violence restraining order. This is a civil harassment um, restraining order. And I can't imagine being someone who is going through domestic violence, like their partner whooping the shit out of them, and then trying to get a restraining order and have to go through the processes that we had to go through. And the packet to file a restraining order is about 45 pages deep, like thick. 45 different pages. I fill out paperwork for a living. I do this all day. For me, but it's it's information. I, I know how to, I understand it. And even I, who fill out paperwork all day, I look at packets all day. I messed up on two different sections because there was just so much that needed to be written down. And that is discouraging. And that is disheartening. This process. And yes, it's a legal process. And I understand why the paperwork needs to be in order because you're essentially accusing someone of doing something that can take away their basic freedoms. I understand that. But as a victim, because that's what I am in this case, as a victim of someone who is being harassed and has to get a restraining order, and mine is mild, Mine is considered mild to, like, not even anything. To sit there and try to figure out 45 pages of paperwork while you're going through a domestic violence situation is just asinine to me. There has to be a better way. This is discouraging. People will look at this packet and just be like, forget it. I would rather not even deal with it. This process is the whole process is very discouraging and disheartening it's a lot and i can't even imagine someone who's going through domestic violence to have to do what i did and get treated like i did from different agencies and i'm going to explain why so after you fill out this 45 page packet you have to turn it in the process is kind of quick. Turn it in and they can get it filed and approved for a temporary restraining order. And the temporary restraining order lists the re- like what the person is supposed to not do. You cannot do this, this, and this. You have a temporary restraining order until your next court date. And where we're going to determine if the restraining order will stay in place or if it's going to be dismissed. That's what this 45-page paper is. It gets filed pretty quickly. I filed it probably around 1 o'clock. It got approved by, say, 3 o'clock. 
then you have to get proof of service. So you have to get someone who's 18 and over that is not related to the case. So it can't be yourself or, you know, someone else it just has to be 18 and over and they have to to like serve these papers to the other individual, like hand it to them in person. And then after that person serves them, the person who serves the papers has to sign another form that's says i serve this person on this date at this time i handed it to them in person that's that's the process so after this person was served she immediately violated the restraining order and continued to harass us cuss us out and says all kinds of shit so we call the cops the cops came there was a whole thing with the cops as well the cops needed to make sure that all the paperwork was filed correctly. And to arrest someone, you have to physic they have to open the door for them. So you cannot arrest someone without a warrant if they refuse to open the door. This person was very aware of the of <laughs> of the system and the processes, so she was refusing to open the door. At this point, the officer was going back and forth with us. It was a roller coaster. And he made a comment that said, I know this is annoying. And that was very dismissive to me. Annoying wouldn't be the correct term for it. Annoying is the first few days of what she did. That's annoying consistently every day for weeks that is not annoying anymore that is a cause for concern so much so that we had to file something so she would stop so annoying is not what it is officer i'm not annoyed by this person i am worried that this person is going to act on the threats that she has made because it's consistent. We've had people be upset at us. We've had people get mad at us. Yes, there's outbursts. But there's never been anything that's been constant. It's constant harassment. Constant anger. Just directed at us. Again, my fight or flight was activated. So it's a little past annoying. Okay. When the arresting officer wants to say dismissive shit like that and make comments like, you know, I got other stuff going on, the whole city of Long Beach is, and I'm like, I get there are more serious matters to attend to. But please do not say that to someone who has been harassed for weeks. It takes a toll on a person, it's exhausting. To have to step into work and just be alert at all times and not just... You can't do your job. Because you're worrying about all of these other external factors that has nothing to do with your job. That's the state I was in. I was exhausted emotionally. To the point when she finally got arrested, I started to sob uncontrollably. I had two panic attacks in the course of this time. 
I went to the bathroom one day and I just broke down. It was serious. It's, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And then fast forward to the actual court date. The actual court. She does not show up. Me and my coworker are there. Now there's a judge. And the judge is very, I want to say she's very busy. So I'm sure it's not her fault. But the way she speaks was very patronizing. I don't know if that's the word. She wanted facts. And my coworker started to go off and on other things. And she kept correcting him. And like they even yelled at him. And it was just an embarrassing already anxiety filled stressful day and it was just embarrassing and like we have this woman yelling at us to just state facts and i'm getting dates mixed up because i'm nervous i'm getting flustered i've never been in a courtroom before i've never had to and i have we have to prove the burden of evidence or some some shit like that so we have to prove to the judge and the courts that this person has been harassing us we have we have a reason to be alarmed and we take, we take her threats like seriously and why the court should take her threats seriously. So I am trying to explain my side. She cuts me off. She cuts him off. It's just a back and forth. Again, ours is a mild civil harassment case. If someone is going through a domestic violence case, and has to sit in a court like that already stressed already anxi- like there's already anxiety and the person that you're accusing is in court with you i cannot even imagine i cannot even imagine what they would go through cuz uh, i felt so like She made me feel so little. And like this wasn't important. It It might not. On her docket, she's probably seen the worst of the worst. And to this, it's like just a little verbal thing. Might seem like nothing. But the person who is being harassed and has never been harassed like this before. Where is the sympathy? like from the arresting officer where is the sympathy where is that humanity if i am in court if it has escalated to that level where i need a legal document where i need the courts to intervene because it has completely gotten out of hand Where is the humanity in, I understand this has been tough. We are all people. 
just acknowledge that this shit was shitty. Just acknowledge that. And I'm sure they they can't because they they see the worst the worst they see so much other shit. But it's just like it it's it was so stressful, so stressful that I quit that position. And I was like, just take me out of here. Anything is better than here. I can't be here. Like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. It was like a month of that shit. You just don't know what people are capable of. And when they threaten you, when they stalk you, before you even clock in, before you even take a sip of your iced coffee, it fucking takes a toll. We need to be more compassionate. People are going through shit like this every single day. This shit is real. This shit takes a mental and emotional toll. It is not okay. You can be angry, but redirect your anger. That was a really tough time for me. I don't even remember. Days kind of bleed into each other because I don't remember. And I'm just tired. I was just tired. Finally, we got the restraining order in place and a stay away order in place. They granted that to us. But the whole ordeal... It just shows how flawed the justice system is. It takes weeks. And it's like, I can't imagine someone who's been going through months or even years of abuse having to go through that and to sit through that. I can't, like, ugh, ugh, but (laughs) I want to say thank you to my friends for checking in on me, um, usually when I go through things, I don't, I don't like talking about it too much, I'm just, I'm just in it, and so I'll kind of, like, isolate myself, but my friends you know they would check to see like are you okay how's it going what's going on with that and then they would send like stupid memes and videos to kind of distract me from that so to joss and jen specifically thank you for being there and i know you guys are like i really didn't even do much but it was just thank you for listening um and keeping me kind of sane through that 
And I'm sure you guys didn't even know, like, how much it affected me at that time. Because I don't talk about shit. But I, I thank you. And then also to O. Thank you for listening. And, like, being there for me. And, like, talking me through my panic attacks. Because he's the one I would reach out to. And I know you don't think that you do much either. But just being there for someone, it means a lot. And you were there for me, so. (sighs) I appreciate that and I appreciate that I have people that I can turn to because that was really hard for me and like now that I'm at the end of it like I can kind of like talk about it and I didn't realize how hard as I'm in it because you're just going through it like now that I'm kind of like coming out of it it was really stressful I was just riddled with anxiety and guilt and I know it was just it was a lot something needs to happen within the justice system where victims need to have a little bit more like sympathy the courts and all of this they're so harsh and cold and it's like we're human beings you know and if this were happening to your sister your daughter or your brother or your son or anyone that you cared about you guys would act differently it's just not right it's not right and it was very stressful and i yeah it was a lot it was a lot but i don't know what what the justice system needs to do but this shit this shit was not okay We have to do better. We just have to do better. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. And please don't stalk, harass, or do shit to other people. It's just wrong. (laughs)